You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. Welcome to the JCM Podcast Show. <laughs> Welcome. I'm Jessica. I'm Carissa. And we are here once again to talk to you about some exciting gut information. I don't know where you're going to go with you that. Did? Like, you know, I didn't either. It just came out of my <laughs> mouth. I was, like, was going to be like, we're here to talk to you about stuff. <laughs> about stuff. We like to talk to you about stuff. Stuff. <laughs> oh, we actually decided this week, because we always talk about um, <laughs> probably 24 hours beforehand a lot of the time what we're going to do on the podcast. <laughs> and refer to our lists and suggestions. Um, but we decided this week to delve into some of the case studies that have been coming yeah, through. We had a couple sitting in our inboxes. Yeah, yeah. And we thought realistically, once we start diving into them, um, we'll have so much content yeah, that exactly. we'll make a show. Because we'll, we always like, we'll make well, a show be, there won't be enough there to, <laughs> we won't talk, have enough about. to talk about. And then we start and an hour's gone. Yeah. But hopefully it won't be that long today because we're both hungry. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> this is like priority fast is that we both need to get a podcast done and food and then our clients back in with that's our clients. That's right. So sorry, guys, you're actually dipping out because we need food. That's right. So we're going to launch into um, sharing a case today. Mm-hmm. We actually have a few, but we'll see how see we, how we go. go. I think we might end up just sticking to the one. Yeah, it's um, a pretty complex one. So It is. So nitty. We're going to walk you through it. Um, We'll basically start talking about the case and Mm -hmm. as we go through, we'll start to break it down and talk about different elements. Um, So the lovely Hayley has actually sent this one in. Mm -hmm. Um, She said, which I thought was interesting, that um, it's a a really messy one, but it's, I think, kind of funny for us because we look at it. Well, funny is probably not the right word. Yeah, nice choice of words, Jess. Funny, all these health, horrible health conditions, but <laughs> God, you're like freaking manic. I think I've had too much green tea. <laughs> Jess bought herself this really strong green tea, and it's be like me having six shots of espresso. She's I've actually twitching at the Did moment. I tell you I've been making my matcha a bit too strong lately? Mm-hmm. Like, I've had to, I found a scoop because I was using a teaspoon, but sometimes yeah. it would be like different size teaspoons at home. Anyway. I gave myself some really strong ones to the point that I just was so jittery. It felt oh like God. coffee. Oh, yeah. I way overdid it. Yeah. I didn't think it was possible. So. I, yeah. I, always, I often wonder what your threshold would be. I like, I found I'm, it. Yeah, good. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm just like, if you can't even touch normal coffee, there's going to be a threshold for green tea for sure. <laughs> oh, crap. We're still here to try your decaf, by the way. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, want, I want to be there for that day. <laughs> exciting day yeah I know it is for me I'm like if I can't get you to drink booze I'll at least get you to drink decaf coffee (laughs) it's the little wins in my life (laughs) for everyone who doesn't know we've spent the last four years me trying to well just trying to work on her gut with my end goal that she'll be able to have more than two glasses of wine with me I thought of you selfishly motivated I haven't even told you we will get into this case in a minute but (laughs) This is not I was going to tell you what I get Jess in. Jess needs to be caffeine and piss fit. <laughs> That's right. 
I was saying to Damien last night about how, like, amazing we've both been with, like, the stuff we've been doing for our gut recently in particular. And literally last night we ate, I'm pretty sure, some off tempeh. Oh, my God. You guys are just – you can't just, be trusted. I know. I know. And I actually wasn't looking at it and going, oh, look, it might be okay. We'll just eat it anyway. Yeah, we were like both this morning, just like, what have we done to You ourselves? know what you guys need to do Stop is, eating off food. is start implementing some OH&S um, strategies into your kitchen and food areas because <laughs> this happens too much. Pushing the boundary. <laughs> you need to start labelling and but dating we, shit in But your you know what? This tempeh we bought just literally yesterday from the uh, supermarket so and it's a new brand yeah, and I've never lot. tried it before. And when I was crumbling it into the pan, like, you know how tempeh's got that sort of, I guess, lack of a better word, it's almost like a mould that holds it all together. Mm. It, it looked a bit whiter than usual. But because I've never used this brand, I'm like, okay, well, this maybe it's normal. just this brand. Mm. But, yeah, I don't think it was. Great. So, yeah. I reckon. Oh. Yeah. Did it again. I don't know yeah. if I've just got a cast iron gut more than you, but I feel like I reckon <laughs> you outweigh my food tampering slash poisoning <laughs> issues i reckon about a hundred to two like i reckon is the amount of times we talk about when one of us has eaten something dodge or potentially off you're like a hundred I, I know it's my mum and me it's like oh she'll be right she'll be right mate <laughs> mind you i had a, I have a water bottle story from the other day because you know how we talk about cleaning out our proper water, our water bottles oh, like, yeah. and how you sometimes you just forget and then you look at the bottom of your water bottle and you just like fire out that needs some attention I had shit growing in the bottom of mine the other day oh, like it wasn't super bad but there was like a film down there and I was like <laughs> buy a film <laughs> buy a film it was and I was just like well that's immune boosting I'm just <laughs> it's working on your own bacteria I'm working on my own bacteria and resilience <laughs> Anyway, that was a massive segue. Sorry, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I was trying to say is that this case, um, there's a lot going on, but it's pretty normal for what we would see. For what as we far see, definitely. Complexity. Yeah. So, to get into it, <gasps> Haley is currently 52 kilograms and 165 centimeters tall. To give you a visual, she says, "I've always been on a, on the smaller side. However, over the past five months or so, I've gained around four to five kilos." I've been undergoing IVF, HRT, with a high dose of estrogen and progesterone and believe this could be the cause for the weight gain. The weight gain. I'm also currently six weeks pregnant, which is pretty cool. Congratulations. Yeah. Which was the third successful embryo transfer. She would almost be eight weeks pregnant now. Yeah, true. Hmm. True. Hmm. Nice maths. <laughs> Thank you. I also have a 20-month-old <laughs> son who was conceived via IVF. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm now 31 and had been on the pill since 17 due to pimples, which honestly were not even bad thinking back. Um, she got married December 2013 and around this time got down to around 44 kilos, so very underweight, due to under eating and over exercising. Um, I went back. Oh, sorry. I went off the pill around October 2014 and have never had my period back since, apart from the failed IVF cycles. This is interesting because then for us, like there's a lot of where she's at now, but this sort of launches into a bit of a backstory. I've always had very low iron, vitamin B and trouble absorbing nutrients in and around 2014. I saw a gastro who did a colonoscopy and endoscopy as celiac was suspected. However, this came back negative. 
The only thing they found at the time was H. pylori via the breath test and um, she was put on a course of antibiotics. Sorry, people, I'm going between I and she. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, then, basically, she's also told us a little bit more about her history. Um, she said, I do, she said that she does have a history of disordered eating, um, never being diagnosed or bad enough to seek help, but it was definitely the reason behind losing weight. Back in 2013, 2014, when I did lose weight, it was more orthorexia. Um, I believe it, it was a very strict, she was very strict on herself. In later years, even recent times, it has been more binge cycling. I've tried low FODMAP in the past and also eliminating every food possible, but I've never pinpointed what could be causing my gut issues. Main problem is major bloating for as long as I can remember and some days very loose stool, sometimes up to 10 times a day. I do think stress could be a factor. I am quite highly strung and feel it is hard to relax and always needing to do something. Current diet is a, I'm glad she put this down, um, is good, I believe, with good carbs, protein, maybe too much fruit, if anything, though. Also steer clear of dairy, usually with odd yogurt or cheese. I do have regular donuts or cakes on occasions. <laughs> <laughs> Currently, exercise is quite minimal due to not being able to go to the gym more than once a week with my toddler. However, do a lot of walking and home workouts when I can. Cool. Cheers, Hayley. Sweet. Thanks, Hayley. <sighs> so, where do we start? <laughs> I don't know. I'm parched after reading <laughs> that. <laughs> Let's get into this, shall we? So, I think it's proms. I'll let, yeah, let you have a breather. Yeah. So, I think it's probably good. Like, apart from the current stuff that's going on, and congratulations on falling pregnant again, um, I think... Obviously, the first thing you and I would go back to is this underlying gut issue. This, yeah. this definitely. So let's look at um, what disordered eating and the stress and strain that that even that puts on the gut for mm -hmm. long term. When we're starting to look at any sort of patterns like that, and we all know disordered eating is either a not eating, b binge eating, c restricting certain food groups, typically probably carbohydrates and mm -hmm. things like that. So we're already starting to look at there's been a gut issue there underlying anyway, either caused from stress mm -hmm. or it's, you know, um, from disordered eating, yeah. you know, different sorts of things like that. But so something's happened there and then you've gone and seen a um, gastroenterologist. So obviously things mm -hmm. are bad enough that, you know, mm. yeah. So I we, think we're questioning, weren't we, before, like, obviously, yeah, yeah what has been the trigger points yeah. to send you off to the Gastro. that gastroenterologist? Obviously things, as yeah. you say, have been bad enough digestively mm. to warrant mm. going down that mm. pathway. But the, the main piece of the puzzle we have prior to that seems to be this disordered eating yeah. pattern. There yeah. could be other – I think we both have questions there about yeah. what else could have been going on. And like obviously a, if we had Hayley in the clinic, we'd, yeah. get, we'd totally get into that and nut all that out but as you, well. But to, I guess to let people know around that, like we'd be usually looking at how were how, – how, were, how was she growing up in regards to – any issues with her gut? Was there yeah. any uh, history around the family with food reactivity yeah. or gut issues? Um, was she even like a colicky baby? Those yeah, sorts of 100%. things that give us an idea of underlying reactivity that might be there from an early age. And I think too it's interesting because I definitely think I know when I question a lot of a lot of my clients, and I assume you will be the same, is that sometimes the gut issues cause the disordered eating. Yeah, I exactly. obviously know there's such a strong psychological component to mm. disordered eating, but mm -hmm. sometimes I think it, it's not always born from a place of someone wanting to be skinny mm -hmm. and wanting to be a certain no, way. Not. I think when you've got gut issues, like 
even as a child, like I feel like children really innately know what their food intolerances mm. are. And then that can obviously start setting up like a bit of a psychological aversion to foods mm-hmm. and that carries through into the teenage years. Um, anyway, so whatever the reason could be, we've, mm. already, we've either got gut stuff as a result of psychological yeah, psychological yeah. eating stuff. There's or, definitely something yeah. that has triggered that. So yeah. you was know, there we, heaps of stress in the teenage years? Did you get exactly. fever? Like there's yeah, yeah. antibiotic use. They sort of be there, sort of extra things yeah. that we'd be wanting to know, wouldn't yeah. we? But we can tell from here. Obviously, yeah. it's been whether it's the disordered eating without question has played a major part, yeah, um, and the food restrictions the around that, um, particularly. I mean, she said orthorexia, um, but. Yeah, like it's like has there been like a bulimia element to it, which yeah. is obviously another major yeah. stress on the gut too. But we know whatever those constituents are that they're strong enough to land her into yeah. that sort of yeah. gastro yeah. specialist to have these procedures yeah. done. And it's interesting, I think, too, like obviously, so she's had a colonoscopy and an endoscopy and obviously mm. the H. pylori breath test and the H. pylori has been what's been diagnosed. Yeah. Her symptoms are extreme. If that if her symptoms have been um, mm. most of the same the whole way through, like the symptoms are the extreme bloating and the loose bowels. Yeah. So we won't even get into the nutritional deficiency side mm. of that yet. Let's just kind of look at what potentially that could be. So quite Mm. often when you do have people that have got H. pylori, like H. pylori is a bacteria that's present in 97% of people's guts. It's Mm -hmm. just, again, it's like SIBO and all the other bacteria that we talk about. It's that when it's it's got an opportunity to proliferate, it becomes Mm -hmm. problematic. So she's been diagnosed with, or you've been diagnosed with H. pylori, um, given a course of antibiotics. Mm -hmm. Um, I find it really interesting with H. pylori, there's not a lot of retesting done. It's kind no. of like here's your super yeah. strength probiotic. We're just going to nuke your gut. And quite often I've had people that have been retested and the H. pylori yeah. is still there. And then they yeah. do another course of the antibiotic, sometimes three or four times. Yeah. And the H. pylori doesn't go away. But then it's, it's sometimes it's the same with parasites, right? Yeah. Like people get diagnosed with something from their GP or their gastro. It's here's your course of probiotic mm-hmm. or your antibiotics and don't see them again. So yeah. there's no gut management. There's no um, gut healing you know, just looking after what those antibiotics do, looking at why the H. pylori mm. is prevalent in the first place. Like, oh, you can safely assume usually when there's H. pylori overgrowth, there's overgrowth of other bacteria exactly. as well. So exactly. Was, yeah, so yeah. we're definitely looking at potentially SIBO. Yeah. Um, gut dysbiosis, gut permeability, and not just something that's short-term, obviously. Like, mm. if Haley's 31 now and, mm. you know, like this stuff looks like it's probably been going on for a good, for as oh, long as she can remember, 10, exactly. 15 years... <laughs> We've got we've got a gut that's just honestly yeah, needs the, some bloody love. <laughs> <laughs> and the other interesting thing here is that you know she's gone into it with a suspicion of the celiacs. Yeah. Um, and as we we're talking about before too, like there's that differentiation now between celiac disease mm-hmm. and gluten intolerance. So I would be suspect about whether there may be um, a strong gluten intolerance as opposed mm. to full-blown celiac, which won't be picked up with this type of testing. No, absolutely not. Um, the other thing that I see as a bit of a flag around that is the fertility side of things. Oh, so, you know, there's so many layers which we'll get into in regards to why the fertility has become a problem, but just basic corrosion of the villi. So we've got the villi and the gut that are going to be affected from mm. the gluten, but then we've got the, the villi within the fallopian tubes as well, which are very much affected in the same way. And it is, you know, it's something we've seen in clinic where there's been this really strong gluten-based issue that has come through and had a profound effect on fertility. Mm. Like that to me straight away is a bit of a red flag. And I don't know how many times I've seen Mm. people who are strongly reactive to gluten um, 
come up with a, that sort of result in, mm. a, in a test to look at intolerance but have been told via something like colonoscopy and endoscopy, you know, I know oh, you're fine. Yeah, and in, just standard bloods, you're exactly. fine. Exactly. And yeah. innately they tend to know, which is interesting what you're saying when people are younger, like they tend to know that these foods don't sit well but they've had these procedures and they're like, oh, no, I'm fine and they keep eating mm. it even though they feel that it doesn't work for them. Yeah. So I think that's that's really something that stands out to me as well. I would um, be interested just on a side note too, like with the fertility side of it and if there is a gluten issue and these gut issues, yeah. to know more about your thyroid and what that's yes. doing. Like I yep. feel like that hasn't really been mentioned, probably not so much investigated, but that's yep. usually when we start looking at people who are high stress, high strung, mm. um, we've got these gut issues, we've got potential gluten sensitivity issues, mm. what the hell's going on with your thyroid? And the other thing around the gluten is she mentions that she's had um, low iron and vitamin B and trouble absorbing nutrients. Yep. So we know there's malabsorption, particularly yep. when you start seeing things on that level, like mm. that's pretty chronic malabsorption. So, Huge. you know, food intolerances, but particularly gluten is something that I would definitely be starting to consider. Like there's so many like pieces of that puzzle that you can start to put together. Yep. And then as you mentioned too, she's had this procedure and then she's been given these antibiotics, mm. which is often that triple therapy. Yeah. From bloody nasty. Yeah. From the um, helicobacter. And there's no way I would imagine she's been treated appropriately post that for no. recovery. So not only has she had this procedure, um, she's had this like triple therapy and then probably as a result, her gut's in a worse state. Probably. So I imagine if she was here and we're talking to her, she probably has felt maybe worse post yeah. that or had maybe increased symptoms, yeah. increased reactivity. Yeah. So I think she sort of talks about, you know, some of those things around trying the low FODMAP diet and those sorts of things. So she's obviously to the point that she's knowing there's a lot of food-based mm. reactivity and often we'll see that increasing more and more post these types of treatments yeah. with like layers of antibiotics and yep. so forth where the gut's actually been affected more yep. and more and more yep. and become more and more inflamed and more reactive. And I think it's interesting too, like I always, I know when people have gone, oh, I've tried this diet or I've tried low FODMAPs and it didn't work. I think it's really important to point out a, the, you know, how important it is to do these kind of things with a practitioner because mm. FODMAPs is one thing. FODMAPs, when we're talking about SIBO and bacterial presentations, um, slightly differs. Like mm -hmm. you have a low FODMAP diet, which is really not – it's designed at just pulling out those fermentable carbohydrates. It's mm -hmm. not really designed at doing it with a SIBO diagnosis mm. in the background or a H. pylori diagnosis in the background um, or a celiac sense or a gluten sensitivity in mm. the background. So sometimes too, like you can do a low FODMAP diet and people come into me and say, oh, I did it, but it didn't work. And it's yeah. like, that's great, but we, you didn't do it with a bacterial overgrowth in mind. Yeah. So there's other things to consider even within the FODMAP realm and in terms of gut healing as well. Mm. So obviously like on the FODMAP app, like depending on what you're using or your FODMAP information, you'll typically find that, you know, some some wheat-based products are okay yeah. and gluten-based products are okay. But if you've got someone who's got a bacterial presentation, mm. who's reacting to your fermentable carbohydrates, but also has a gluten sensitivity on mm. top of that and they're not removing gluten with yeah. the FODMAPs, you're not going to respond yeah. well to that well, look at Even the FODMAP says the, the lactose sort of scenario yeah. where a lot of people are still using lactose-free based dairy. And she even um, talks in here, Hayley, about the dairy and noticing that yeah. it's an issue but still occasionally having different bits and pieces. Yeah. So, you know, we could have people who are following it but they're still consuming the dairy with chaos and intolerances. Yeah. And then, yeah, as you say, the wheat's a massive one too. 
Look at them bloody baker's delight. Loaf I just that laugh at oh that. The loaf, loaf, loaf. I've had so many people ask me about oh, that. No. And I'm just like, I, I feel bad breaking people's hearts. But I'm like, no. this just right here is another company trying to jump on a bandwagon at the moment. It's like, I so get it. bad. It like, really frustrates me. Oh, I'm the same. Like, I looked at the ingredients. I'm like, there's no freaking way baker's delight <laughs> has come up with a loaf on mat bread that I'm going to approve of. But I'm like, I'll have a look. Yeah. Friggin' hell, nah. Yeah, it's yeah. not low fodmap. It's not low fodmap at <laughs> all. Like, just throw that out. And there. it's interesting too. I think this is where the variations of the fodmap diet are interesting too, because sometimes, like obviously, you know, like obviously we're pretty. I love the Monash fodmap mm. diet. I feel like that's got the most research behind mm. it. But even within that, there's still things that I will remove mm. and depending. Well, it's got to be individualized, individualized doesn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. What you were talking about, yeah. like, and that's so important to look at in the context of this case. Yeah. It's like you know. She's tried the diet, but it's like, well, what other elements are going on for her? You yeah. know, are these, these other factors? Is gluten an issue? Is dairy an issue? Has she still been consuming those? Yeah. Um, and then the other massive component you were just pointing out is that the diet itself and the reactivity is one part, but then it's the treatment of what else is going exactly. on. So you need to do the two together. They, yeah. We constantly marry the two together. Mm. You can't just use a diet on its own to fix extreme gut inflammation. Because it's, 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 it's symptom this, control to a degree. Like I explain yeah, that to my clients. I'm like, the FODMAP control. diet is great, but it is, it is symptom control. Like, and if it's used just on its own, it will actually mm. just back people, more, which we always say, into a mm. corner because they're not dealing with the problem and they'll find they'll become more and more yeah. reactive on that diet. And you kind of just think like with Haley's gut as well, like just even at this real basic level, like and of no fault of her own, it's just that, you know, just – typical gut stuff being mismanaged by people who are meant to be experts in the field yeah there's been no just even basic gut healing done yeah. like probably no um co-prescribing of probiotics or sb with the triple strength antibiotics no, no glutamine slippery arms collagens like yep. all these you know zinc all these beautiful nutrients that you can get in to start looking after the gut yep. lining exactly so it's kind of like i feel really bad for your gut i, I know well the other thing that you know she's saying her main problem is this major bloating as long as she can remember and that again makes me go right back to the start and go what was going on when she, someone tells me as long as they can remember i'm thinking okay childhood teenage yeah. years underlying yeah. reactivities yeah. this is where i always use the analogy of the layers so you've got mm. that underlying reactivity from a young age yeah. Us, you know maybe the major suspects here could be things around gluten and dairy but yeah. we could test for that but you've got that level of inflammation to start with then we start putting a layer of eating disorder on top of that which yeah. creates more stress on the body yeah and then we've got the antibiotic so we've got yeah. all these different layers that make it more chronic and more inflamed but yeah. she's saying this bloating's been there for so so long yeah. so you've got to kind of look at tailoring it to sort of tapering right back to the start and look at what was that underlying core and catalyst. Otherwise, yeah. that's where I believe so many um, practitioners yeah. can actually miss the boat a little bit because you could dive into this at the start. And say, okay, we and need to get the... you pregnant. Let's work on your hormones and, and, and all of this. And it's like, well, fundamentally, shit hasn't been right in the gut for so long. And if we want every – as Jess yeah. and I will always say, like you have to go back to what started all of this at the beginning. Like what, exactly. was the, what are the core drivers and work on those first. Which you'll notice we talked at the start of this for half of this about the hormonal elements, but we haven't been talking <laughs> about hormones. Like we'll get there a little bit, yeah. but – you know, we're going into these core drivers. Yeah. Um, Another really interesting thing um, that I think would probably be worth looking into for Haley and just obviously looking at. So we've obviously when she says 
a B vitamin deficiency. I'm pr- we can pretty safe, safely assume that's B12 because that's yeah. the main one that's tested for. Exactly. So even just looking at in a, in a compromised gut, we won't absorb B12. So sometimes mm-hmm. it's because obviously our gut is damaged and iron as well. Um, preferentially back if we've got a strong bacterial presence that's going to take up a lot of our iron a then we won't absorb a lot of it um you do have conditions where like pernicious anemia and Mm -hmm. things like that like intrinsic factor so when a gut becomes that compromised and that inflamed Mm -hmm. we actually stop making the which is common i know i'm again raising that flag again but it's common with like gluten gluten stuff yeah so you you slip into this auto almost Mm -hmm. an autoimmune gut stage where you're not absorbing your b12 other things are like she's been on the pill for how long? Like a good yes, chunk of her life. I was waiting life. for you to bring that one up. Well, <laughs> chewing at the bitch. But like when we're kind of looking at the main um, nutrient or vitamin that's involved in the metabolization of this of this synthetic hormone, we're looking at B twelve. Yeah. So we're not only got a gut presentation working against us, we've also got a you know a synthetic compound in the body that's utilizing Mm -hmm. all of our b12 interestingly i think there probably is a very strong um you know a bit of a a mental health component to this as well because when you start looking at people that are more prone to disordered eating conditions perfectionism around eating so orthorexia Mm. highly strung so i've mentioned that hasn't changed yeah so i just i would be looking starting to look at um you know serotonin levels um for her i would be starting to look at mthfr mutations probably compt mutations as well like all those again these aren't things that you would go in and treat straight away no. but they're such valuable tools because that yeah. will change how you treat her or how we would treat Haley in terms of someone yeah. who didn't have these mutations and obviously getting back to fertility if you've got these yeah. genetic mutations and these underlying you know deficiencies that mm-hmm. work on like methylation cycles and stuff like that mm-hmm. then you can really see why you wouldn't be falling pregnant mm-hmm. and um you know you're you are so highly strong and you are more prone to someone who's more prone to these perfectionist yeah. style you know ideal around food yeah and, for sure yeah. no yeah definitely all of that super valid <laughs> <laughs> um i think the other thing too um is that even with what we've mentioned so far when you go back to these fertility issues um is that we've we've highlighted so many factors as to why she would have had these issues with conception. Like we've looked at the Mm. fact that there's like the malnutrition alone, like having all of those right building blocks there for conception, which is obviously so vital. Um, You're mentioning things like obviously we've got genetic SNPs that could be causing an issue Mm -hmm. as well. Um, There's a potential inflammation around if there's some gluten-based issues, then you put the layer of the stress Mm. and the anxiety on top of that. Like it's, it's really interesting when you start layering all of these and seeing how many things could be fundamentally working against her. Um, and then how they can then come in and affect, um, the relationship with the hormones as well. We we haven't even touched on hormones, No, exactly. (laughs) but you can see like how, yeah, I think as Jess was saying before, like. So many people will just come in, like say Haley walked into your clinic or their clinic or their gastroenterologist mm. or gastro office or you know endocrinologist office, yeah. and they'll just be like, okay, well, you're not falling pregnant. This is what we need to do, and it's just like, hang on, you're, it's you, we really need to change the way like so many practitioners and so many specialists are looking at their clients because we have to stop, like I know we don't do it here, but we have to stop treating so symptom based because this is where it's getting people into trouble because like the thing is. Obviously, Haley's you know got a gorgeous twenty month old toddler now, and she's yeah. pregnant again, which is 
fantastic. So post this next pregnancy, once mm. next bub is born and everything, like we've got a lot of cleaning up to do it's from IVF. So much. And we've got gut stuff. We've now got like yep. IVF's great and it has its yep. place. And I'm so thankful that for people that can't conceive yeah. naturally, we have these amazing, amazing options however the stress of that alone from a hormonal mm. liver detoxification and gut component is just another kind of mm-hmm. big dump and assault on the body so yeah. post-pregnancy like um you know like i would really be looking at um Haley's mental health and yeah. everything after once barbie's born i'd be interested to see how she went after her first pregnancy if there was a little bit of postnatal depression Mm because i definitely think if we're looking at some of our core nutrients that Mm, are involved in just you know like facilitating healthy happy you know serotonin and dopamine production and conversions then there's probably a higher chance there that there's going to be some anxiety and depression following well and if there's that gut-based issue which we know that there is too Mm. just as in regards back to a serotonin levels like you know, even just that alone from a gut health perspective Huge. is going to be massive. Huge. Really, really big. So I guess the other thing that I definitely wanted to touch on that she's mentioned is obviously her diet. Yeah. Um, she's saying at the moment that she has the mm. carbohydrates and the protein, maybe too much fruit, which is hard to sort of say without getting a bit more information. And also interesting when people say they eat too much fruit. So it's yeah. like, oh, well, are you really yeah. scared of fruit? Yeah. Why well, actually a lot of fruit? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, again, the, the fact that she mentions about steering clear of dairy, but then has the odd yogurt or cheese. So it's th- that to me, there'd be questions around like, why do you steer clear of dairy? Like, do you mm. know that, like, it's a problem for you? Yeah. That it gives you issues, but you feel like you can kind of get away with it here and there, which we've talked about, about before <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Me? No. Um, so there's a lot – there's not a lot of information here about the diet, but it is something that is, as always for us, a massive underlying factor. So we're going to be looking at how balanced her diet is to support mm. what she's going through, particularly being pregnant – But the other element here is with the diet is if there's these gut factors happening, we have to look at how we can use the diet to support that. Now, she's pregnant, so there's a lot that we would usually do here um, that we probably can't do here at this point. But as Krista was saying... um, I think at the you know at the moment there's a lot to to do and support you through this, but post pregnancy there is a lot that could be done. So I think you know we mentioned the testing around what's going on with um, her gut to start with, whether we're dealing with like a chronic dysbiosis in the lower yeah. bowel, are we dealing with SIBO, um, are we dealing with yeast overgrowth? Um, you know, getting some actual information yeah. as to what's happening. You've got these bowel movements that are like really, really loose and up to 10 times a day. We've obviously got a lot of inflammation, a lot of aggravation for things rushing through. The malabsorption there alone is massive. And can we just say like on top of what's already going on for for Hayley, like two babies, I just really think post this next pregnancy, like once Mm. Bob is born and breastfeeding and all of that, like – find someone who you can trust to see because yeah. your body is going to need so much nourishing. Like yeah. you kind of started off behind the eight ball in yeah. terms of nutrient status before having two babies, post two babies. Like I'm, I, you, we see it in clinic all the time. I think mm. people really underestimate what babies take out of the human body. Yeah. Like just in terms of they get the best of you hundred mm. percent when it comes to nutrients and then breastfeeding and all of that. Mm. So 
for Haley, for someone who's probably already behind the eight ball, like mm. borderline probably malnourished, you could yeah, say, like, sure. you know, um, and then throw two pregnancies and babies on top of that, plus running around after a toddler. Mm. Like, I just seriously want to wrap you up in a little cocoon <laughs> and just, like, just give you everything you need. That's it. But, but I think as far as being pregnant now, like, there's still a lot that can be done. Yes. But the, I just wanted to point out that, like, there's a place to dive in and do the more intensive work, particularly when you're doing certain restrictions around the diet with the FODMAPs and certain protocols mm. for treating the gut. So I think there's tests and things that can be done, yeah. Um, but there's a time and a place for that. Yeah. But I'm at the moment, it should be mainly, I think, priority here about nourishing and yeah. building the body, but down-regulating this inflammation in the yeah. gut. And there would be certain things that you could look at to start working on the microbiota to try and basically encourage growth of more beneficial mm. bacteria 100%. and to start to regulate out the gut bacteria so we're not getting as much of an inflammatory response. So lots of some of the basics that Chris was mentioning yeah. before that we could be playing around like, with it's to funny. settle down that gut lining and that inflammation mm. that's so prevalent. Because there's here. like there's so many things that people say you can't do while you're pregnant, which is a hundred percent but there's so much that you can do there as is. well. Like yep. there's so many safe gut nutrients probiotics, um, yeah. you know, healing stuff you can get in there, any inflammatory yeah. stuff that ultimately is going to benefit you, but also benefit your bub that you're growing exactly. as well. So. And then dietary-wise from um, reactivity point of view, that's where being, I think, still pregnant, we could do a lot. Like it would mm. be looking at, okay, there's some standouts here that are probably causing you reactivity. They may be a massive piece of the puzzle. I personally think they are given a yeah, history. Um, we can actually look at playing with that right away and that's going to take away a lot of inflammation yeah, yeah, and it's just so working much. with someone to teach you to do that. It's not just going to say stop eating gluten or stop, stop eating, eating this. Yeah, just it's like, just like, okay, how can you keep your body nourished for this pregnancy with the mm. right alternative grains and carbohydrates? How can you ensure that you're still getting plenty of good fats and I'm going to say calcium in inverted commas because I think that's a bit of an old school yeah, myth around yeah, dairy, but yeah. you know, how can we make sure everything's still there? Mm. So down taking away those um, suspected reactants, whether you, you know, testing again, like yeah. we could potentially do some food intolerance testing. I don't know about pregnancy though, because there's changes in the immune system. Yeah. I, I would be a little wary about whether you'd get the answers that you'd do after any there. testing with her while she was pregnant, yeah. to be honest. I would just work on exactly what you said, mm. like re removing inflammatory drivers, yeah. getting in, doing as much gut healing and love as you can get exactly. in there. And just really focus on nourishing and building her gut mm. and her body back up as much as you can while she's mm -hmm. pregnant. So she's not only in a better state as soon as she has the baby and during yep. the pregnancy, but her baby's in a healthier state. And then depending on whether she can breastfeed mm. or not, then that's probably where I would come in and just be mm. like, right now let's now let's get in and start really doing some work and it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of cool though because you could do a lot like of with the pregnancy, in the pregnancy exactly because yeah. everyone's so keen to just get in there but while she's pregnant you could like really dial it down this reactivity say a good 50 you've 60 got a good, right? you've got a good seven months yeah. of groundwork like, you could do in could get her feeling <laughs> a lot about. better and then she has bubba the breastfeeding done and dusted and then yeah. I went like done boom and then any of that lingering stuff we mm. can get in and do some more specific testing start mm. to use some um, antimicrobials if mm. needed to deal with that that we can't use during pregnancy and just kind of get in and do that further work plus of course mm. the liver work and the clearance based around all the previous hormonal treatment she's had so you yeah. could really do it in those nights 
steps yep. but i i don't see why even right now during her pregnancy you couldn't get her feeling a lot better the other thing i think that's really interesting that she mentioned in this is that she just hasn't had a natural period at all yeah. and i think that's that it would be something that i like i know you would be the same but um working on post barb mm-hmm. and everything like that because the reason girls don't get periods mm. is when the body is stressed to mm-hmm. the max is that crosstalk between our hypothalamus and mm-hmm. our pituitary down to our ovaries or gonads is just mm-hmm. shut down. Yeah. So if the body is too stressed to, to bleed and mm-hmm. fall pregnant or, you know, hold a baby, it will just make that crosstalk stop happening. Exactly. So I would be so excited with Haley. I think even just like doing all the gut work and everything in the intro, but then just watching her post next pregnancy, like post bob and everything like that. Mm breastfeeding all of that and just building her back up to see how quickly she cycled back in because you just it's I feel like I get so excited when clients of mine who haven't had a period for so long Mm. because their bodies are so stressed Mm. and there's gut stuff there's anxiety stuff and you just calm the body back down you you calm the gut back down and you give them balanced meals Mm. and periods come back Mm. and it's just like it's like it's so funny because you have so many clients email you and they're just like I've never had I've never been so excited to get yeah, here exactly. and you're like mate this is a this is a great day like <laughs> <laughs> and stability with her weight because obviously that's yeah. yo-yoed up and down here so yeah. from a stress point of view yeah you know and obviously that severe underweight mm. that she um times that she's mentioned with the effect of that back onto her estrogen levels mm. like you know um there's a lot of underlying factors yep. that are going to just had a profound effect mm. there. So yeah, I think it'd be really, it'd be, it's just such a great sign, isn't it? Yeah. Once you start working with someone and you see that regular cycle yeah. come back in, yeah. it's just, it's just like your body is actually starting to talk yeah. again. Like, it's just like you're, if, when you start to see little signs of the human body relaxing, like it yeah. is periods are one of those things. Like yeah. it's just like, it's your body's just, I explain it to my clients. Like your body's just literally just taking a big exhale. Yeah. It's just like, okay, cool. Yeah. I can produce now, reproduce yeah. now. If you, if you wanted yeah. to get knocked up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go again. You know, the, the ultimate like, um, sort of sign of being on the right path and things being in a bloody great state for Haley would be doing this work and then she fell pregnant again yeah. just naturally, naturally which yeah. I've certainly seen Same. in clinic yeah. um, with this sort of history. So, yeah, I don't, you know what I mean? It'd be kind of like after getting everything on track mm. and so forth, the body just being like, yep, yeah, I can do this now. I can now. do this now. Yeah. It's interesting too, like I just looked at this other part. So been on the pill since she was 17 due to pimples, which yeah. are obviously not even that bad. So you really wonder if like if the pimples weren't cystic or acne, like yeah. hormone-driven, how much of that, again, was just gut detoxification, exactly. poor food choices. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just there's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah. It's just like, ah! You want to get in? It's like, okay, hey, let's get started. Yeah, we'll, get, we'll send you an email. We'll you in tomorrow. Um. So, yeah, look, the, I think the takeaway, as per usual, breaking down through all of that is getting mm. into the core of what's going on. Yeah. Um, and as we've highlighted, I think the major core in this has come yeah. back to the gut. Yeah. Um, surprisingly. Surprise, we've surprise. Got, <laughs> Plenty of um, accesses that have come off that, which mm. are pointing down into obviously these hormones and the nervous system and the stress and the anxiety, um, potentially mentioned about thyroid and so forth. Like we've got some other elements there that we would, you know, explore. Yeah. But at the core really is about the gut, about treating the gut 
about getting the right individualized diet. Yeah. Um, and I think we could do some pretty awesome things for Haley. And I think even just in terms of exercise, where you say current exercise is quite minimal due to not being able to go to the gym more than once a week. Don't stress so much about that, I think, mm. too. Like, I think if, you're, if you've are if you got a toddler and you're doing workouts at home and you're eight weeks pregnant or nine weeks I pregnant now, like, don't stress about not getting your exercise in. Focus on nourishing your body. Yeah. Like, I feel like we really – I spend so much time with my clients chatting mm. about when – I know we've done podcasts – a podcast about this but when it's appropriate to exercise yeah. and when it's really more appropriate just to move and nourish yourself exactly and, and you're pregnant at the moment so just <laughs> chill and yeah don't yeah don't over exercise at all stress yeah. about not exercising like which the, is probably a hard one for Haley with her history I yeah imagine there's I think a lot that, tied up with I that I think so definitely control and so yeah forth. and just yeah so I know it's, it's, it's easier said than done, but I do know, like, as you would as well, we spend so much time with a lot of our clients that definitely probably have a very similar background to Haley in terms of, you know, that disordered eating and mm-hmm. perfectionism around food and that perfectionism around exercising and always having to do it, like, just trying to take a step back from that and just chill a bit like yeah. really listen to your body like I'm mm. big for that like I woke up this morning and I was just like we had, had an epic day in the clinic mm. yesterday I exercised all the time woke up this morning period not going to freaking gym yeah. just yeah. didn't <laughs> bloody feel like it sorry for all the boys listening to this but it's just like and you, there just shouldn't be any like guilt associated no. with that or explanations needed for that it's I just like I find when I have those moments too I actually feel like it's like an extra sort of feeling of feeling good about my decision it's just yeah. like I'm I know that I, when I exercise, I feel really good. Yeah. But then when I choose not yeah. to do it, I feel good because I'm like, I actually need to well, rest Well, you've got to respect your body as well. Yeah, it's just like, no, I need to do it. Like last night, it's interesting you said that last Didn't night, I would usually yoga. go to do a, just a short workout and then I'll do my yoga session, which yeah. I love. But it had been a big day at home yeah. and still working on yeah. stuff on oh, boring stuff on website <laughs> stuff with Damien. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm just going to get out my foam roller and roll around on the yeah. floor and watch some Anne with an E. I started watching that too. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I know. It just so reminds me. I was having all these little nostalgic moments so of Anne good. Green Gables. And I text Tanya and Tanya's like, I wouldn't watch a remake. Because remember, I thought she'd be really excited about yeah. it anyway. Who knows? It's she really probably had oh. a glass of wine and was in a bitch in a mood and I messaged her. <laughs> I was so excited about it. But yeah, no, I agree. Like, I just, and it's interesting. Like, I'll quite often wake up on a Sunday or even a Saturday and I will just go for a like walk yeah or sometimes I'll do nothing on a Sunday and it's just like it's just more about I just honestly listen to my body yeah. if it's tired it doesn't want to do something I don't force it to and do I it. think that's something for Haley that is an area that she probably would need to work on like yeah. with her history but probably out of everything we've talked about the hardest area like yeah. we're talking yeah. about some you know some really strong ingrained right. ways of thinking about her body her own self worth and you know where she puts that importance a big element of control um so you know even though it's just a small thing she mentioned I imagine that would probably be the hardest it would be yeah and I definitely know for a lot of my clients and I think like I had this conversation with someone yesterday it's just like it's interesting because like obviously Jess and I will sit here and it's so easy for us to say this but I definitely know like I had a chat with one of like my younger clients yesterday and we're talking about just that association with body image and it's not like we've never been through that Uh like I know in my you know teenage years and 20s I definitely probably would have been considered disordered eating for Uh sure like I would yo-yo diet I had this really unhealthy relationship with my body um probably some control issues around food and stuff Uh but I and I don't know how like I definitely know and I was chatting with 
our Jess about it as well because it just breaks my heart when you see these these young girls who are going through kind of what you went through probably a bit more extreme and it's just like and you're sitting in on the other side of the desk and you just don't have the answers for them of how you got from there to where I am now but I know it's a lot it's a it's a journey like it's a huge psychological work that you do on yourself but you can do it, but just trying to let go of all of that mm. stuff around there. And like, yeah, I wish I yeah. had the answer for you, Hayley. Like, well, we're not psychologists. We're not psychologists at, at all. But it's just like, yeah, it is. It's a lot of work, and just letting go of so much of that that stuff. And trust me, when you get to that place, it's such a nice place to be. Like, mm. just yeah. chill the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, I hope that's been insightful for everyone. It's a it's a really interesting case to talk through. Um, we do, as we said, we've got a couple of others here, but um, I knew that we'd have plenty to talk about with this one. Yeah, hey? yeah. So it's a pretty big one. Yeah, look, if you guys have got any um, of your own cases that you'd like to share and ha- like to have us talk through, feel welcome to send them mm. in. We're enjoying um, reading through them and sharing them with you. And as always, if you've got any suggested topics that you'd like us to cover, we love to hear from you. Yes, we've got a few topics coming up, I think, still, but yeah. We have. We keep throwing them out there. We've got heaps, actually, yeah. But anyway, that's all good. We'll just roll with it. But yeah, any other case studies? We actually really enjoy this because, A, we think it's really good to see... Like other, like we love talking about people's stories and mm. you know breaking them down for you. But I think it's uh, it's really good to understand that there's different ways that people practice as yes. well. And like hopefully you guys love how we practice, but we feel like <laughs> but we feel like it's really important to exactly what like Jess was saying earlier. And like you not treat based on the symptoms mm. in front of you. Like there's that people don't end up in a state of health crisis mm. for no apparent reason mm-hmm. shit doesn't just happen exactly when it comes to the body there's there's a there's a like a myriad of things that just accumulate over time that mm. kind of get you to the place you are now and you kind of need a practitioner not saying it has to be asked but mm. you need a practitioner who will take the time to go back through all of that mm. and really understand what those core drivers are and yeah. work with that if you're not treating the core you're never going to get rid of the yeah. problem you can, you can just treat systematically yeah. systematically or symptomatically I should say and that can be through everyday medicine with your GP or with a naturopath or with a nutritionist if it's not done properly so you know you really need to make sure that people are getting in and treating that core element yeah 100% so I think that's it for us I don't know about you but I am starving I'm so hungry someone stole my salmon out of the fridge yesterday I meant to tell you oh my god anyway hold on a story do you know how I get my two pieces of salmon I went to make my lunch yesterday and my second I don't know I'm wondering if it's because you know know, so we have a note up on our fridge about we're going to clean the fridge out but um I cracked it on Monday Tuesday afternoon and chucked all that freaking KFC and pizza out there Uh, everyone who saw my insta stories was still in there uh and I chucked there was a freaking Caesar salad that had been in there from Friday yeah. all just in plastic takeaway stuff yeah. so it's not I'm not actually chucking people's containers yeah. out I'm just getting rid of who's going to eat chicken oh there's really old food in there it's disgusting so I just cracked it and threw anything that was old and take out into the bin and then Jess is like maybe you threw out someone's lunch I'm like if anyone's going to eat that they'd be freaking dead <laughs> save their life they'd save their life and they stole my freaking fish like <laughs> I don't know. Jess is like, maybe someone did it to pay back because you just keep throwing people's shit out in the fridge and moving stuff around. And I'm just like, I don't know, but my salmon's gone. I had to go down and buy more salmon. Wasn't happy, Jen. That's not on. No. <laughs> anyway, that's a 
that's my drama, guys. <laughs> this is the worst thing that happens to me yesterday, then that's all right. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> all right. Well, you guys know the drill. We love to hear from you. So any feedback that you have for us, let us know. Um, yeah, contact us on the social media feeds. Send or pop us, us an emails. emails. We love to hear from you. Um, we love you to share these as yes. well, like share, share, share away on your social media. Mm -hmm. um, we love seeing the pictures of you guys listening yeah, on social that's media. Really so cool. if you're listening to us, take a screenshot, pop it on your Insta stories, and we'll yeah. repost them. We love seeing those. Yeah, they make us it, very happy. Same with when people cook your food. Hey, oh, it makes me yeah, happy. It's all like warm fuzzies. Yeah, it is. It's like, yay, someone made my recipe. That's <laughs> <laughs> the little things. <laughs> Other than that, enjoy the rest of your day or your weekend ahead. Yep. Depending on when you're listening to this. Yeah. Yeah, and we will chat to you in a fortnight. We sure will. Okay, bye. Bye now.